Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's episode seven, the first international episode of Bud Part. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we're going to be very international because Philip Wang, as some of you will know, is in Melbourne, Australia, like the globe-trotting man of action that he is. Because the people of Australia don't have a Phil Wang. Um, and so we have to send them a Phil Wang every now and then just to help them out. It's like a kind of Red Cross thing. Anyway, so we're going to Skype him in. Uh, so let's see if this works. Hello, Pod Buds. Hello, Bud Pods. It's me, Phil Wang. All the way Pod Buds. Pod Buds are people who listen to Bud Pod. Phil, Phil, you got to say that again because when you said all the way from Australia, it came out as all the way from. Oh, it's here, Phil. Uh, it's me, Phil Wang, all the way from Australia. Well, yes. Hello, Pierre. I'm here in Australia now, where I am 45 years old. <laughs> I, I landed, and I, I, was, I was 45. But how was the, it's how, nice. How, how was the flight? Was it, was it an absolute uh, goddamn nightmare? Uh, oh, yeah. It was all... Well, um, to Dubai was on one of those uh, fuck-off big Emirates planes. And... Uh, I'm always like, ugh, the oil-rich countries. What vapid examples of how you can't buy culture. And then I got on one of the big planes, and I'm like, Emirates is great. There's so much room. There's two floors. <laughs> Even if you're in economy class, you, you, you feel uh, like a human being, and like they are, they're very servile. It was great. <laughs> and then I had a change to a another flight that took me via Singapore and we and it was not the plane was smaller and it was nice um, and when we we had to get off at Singapore and get back on the plane I, I feel like I haven't had to do that since I was eight years old I, I feel like that's, that's something people did in the 80s like a stop off oh, not change oh I did that when I went out to Adelaide a year or two ago where they, you literally just get off and everyone kind of like baby wipes their armpits and goes for a piss yeah yeah, what, everyone I, just it's like okay, everyone just be stateless for uh, two hours now. <laughs> who, who here likes the terminal? <laughs> yeah, what the did, film. What did you do with your stateless two hours? Um. Oh yeah, I wandered about in Singapore airport, and then I I went to I found uh uh like a, a lounge. Because uh, I recently got a credit card that comes with a little voucher and that lets you use um, an airport lounge twice oh. in the year. And I was like, hmm, I wonder which flights I will use these on over the next year. And I used it twice in one journey, so I've already used it up. Before <laughs> I got on the first plane, and then again on the stop over Singapore. So uh, that's all used up now. What, it, uh, what was in the lounge? Did you get like weird tiny snacks? That's quite common. 
the ones in the one in Singapore is good. Buffets in in Singapore and Malaysia they don't fuck around. I can you, Im- you, oh, I can imagine the the land of of well the, the the part of the world at least of dim sum. A buffet is absolute. Uh, you know that's the art form. Yeah, man. There was there was noodles. There was congee. There was tom yam. There was fried rice. There was nasi lemak. There was like pandan chicken. Jesus. And I, I sat down with all this shit. I sat down with all this stuff, and the guy in front of me, white guy, sat down and I looked over what he got. I shit you not, he got toast and butter. He got the only dairy thing. He got toast and he got bread and butter. <laughs> so much of it. So. And he could have had fried rice. Yeah, he could have had rice, could have had literally marinated chicken in delicate little pandan leaves. That is absolutely. He's just toast and butter. Please, please tell me that you at least tried to figure out more about this man and like who he was and what his problem was. I broke uh, a tea mug over his head. I just, I just leant over and ping, and he just went into the table. And I walked out like, uh, like a hitman onto my plane. Yeah, I mean that would be the least that he deserved. Um, what, uh, what has been the, what, what has been the most uh, distressing uh, part of your journey slash uh, visit to Australia so far? Oh well, um, so when I. Uh, this second uh, flight, I was sat next to a, a Brisbane couple, an old, um, not Brisbane, sorry, Queensland couple. Uh-huh. Basically, Queensland is their Texas. Right, right. right. Queensland is, if if Australians could vote for Trump, uh, they'd, they'd be from Queensland. Uh, and uh, they were making, like, fun chats. I'm trying to be nice to this lady who had bought... A, she was very happy about a Syrian vase she'd bought in Abu Dhabi. Right. Uh, and, and I was trying to make, uh, by, by trying to be polite to the people next to you without without saying let's have a conversation the entire time. Yeah, without uh, without inviting uh, the vampire into your home. <laughs> yeah, and the husband was this wrinkled ass, sun beaten old Australian guy with a <laughs> a trucker cap. That what he had he held, kept on the entire flight. I don't know if you've ever had seen someone wear a baseball cap on a <laughs> on a nine hour flight. <laughs> like he, it's his hair. There was no top to his skull. It's the, <laughs> it's, the only, it's the only thing keeping him alive, man. Uh and he was one of these guys that when he they found out I was a comedian, he's like, Here's a joke for you. Oh no. And he's, he's he sounds like his joke was naughty. His joke was, what was his joke? His joke was, um, so this guy, uh, um, this guy brings a new girlfriend home to to meet his parents, and she's got a piercing in her eye, and it's a safety pin. She's got a safety pin pierced in her eye, and uh, the father looks at this and says, ah, I didn't know those could fall off. That was a joke. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's, uh... and, then, and, then when, and then when we landed in Australia, as we were getting off, out of our seats, he said, uh, careful, customs target Chinese people. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, no. uh, 
that's like one of those pieces of advice from the start of like a get out style horror film <laughs> where you're not sure if he's genuinely yeah. trying to be like hey watch out though because they are racist or he's just like ha 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 good I'm gonna make a get out my get out equivalent, but about <laughs> Chinese people in Australian airports. <laughs> yes, like uh, the only reason that um, Australian customs aggressively search Chinese people's luggage for foreign uh, for flora and fauna is because they want to steal Chinese medicine ingredients for some evil potion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, no, nice. That would work out. They'd be like, "It's the only way we can bring ourselves life." Like. They're really into magic somehow. Have you seen how much tiger claw costs? <laughs> Don't speak to me till I've had my coffee. I can't understand language, tone, or sounds. I can't understand your facial expression. I can't understand the way your lips move round. I can't understand your hand gestures, I can't understand your notes, I can't understand your frantic pointing at the car coming towards us down the road. If you speak to me before I've had my coffee, I can't understand your warnings about my impending death. Two sugars please. Phil, I thought that uh, we could be special boys and ignore the fact that the well, while you're in Australia, Phil, enjoying uh, a, a relatively stable uh, industrial-based economy and uh, sunshine, over here in Britain, everything's uh, falling to bits and the parliament is backwards now um, and the Queen had to fight uh, Richard Dawkins. And, what? Yeah, just all sorts of things have been going on. Um, it's all gone mad. Everything's on fire. Uh, but let's ignore that and talk. Let's talk to our fans. We've got fans now, and they've been emailing in loads. Oh, great! Um, we we all enjoyed, of course, uh, on Twitter. Uh, MF Gloom got in touch to tell us that he enjoyed uh, Dum Dums Who Live Bum Bum Lives. Yeah, that's um, one of your um, uh, phrases about uh, about people who don't realize their potential. <laughs> yeah, or, or people who don't appreciate mattresses. Essentially, it boiled down to. <laughs> um, I right. think that's an Instagram um, inspirational graphic. Don't live a bum bum life. Don't be a and dumb. It's like a picture. Yeah. It's like a what? There's like a picture of a beach, a photo of a sunset, ah. and just the words. Don't well, funny you should mention that, Phil, because uh, uh, in terms of inspiring people not to be dum dums with bum bum lives. Um, we, we have, um, we have a, a, an email from Harry, and he says, uh, Hi, Pierre and Phil, enjoying the podcast a lot. And now his most cool, no, no, his most uncool cool thing uh, is holiday photographs for social media. Uh, we've all seen this. Most uncool. Yeah. Yeah. So, so his most uncool cool thing is holiday photographs for social media. We've all seen this. You're on holiday with a group, many of whom are, quote, living their best lives on social media. Uh, it's the Caribbean, it's sunset, it's undeniably beautiful, only you will never actually see uh, the sunset with your eyes because you're too busy being bossed around by a controlling basic bitch so you can get an equally sexy, fun, friendly, skinny, dramatic f uh, group photo for the internet so that everyone else will be jealous of your amazingly gla uh, glamorous and uh, privileged lifestyle. But wasn't it great? And repeat all of the above for staged engagement videos. All the best, Harry. 
yeah, man. Yeah, because holidays are great, and being a nice place is great, but if you've taken a lovely photo of it and showing everyone, we all know you have taken time out of your holiday to please, please us. And and we know that there's a point where one of the people involved was like, can we please go back to relaxing? And the other person was like, no. We haven't shown people how relaxed we are yet. Stop relaxing. No, I mean, the Chinese, are, the Chinese were doing this shit before Instagram was even a thing. Yeah? They're, as as with everything, the Chinese invented it first. Chinese tourists, man, go around and oh, they just... Oh, yeah. Just take photos. They live... They yeah the camera oh you cut out there uh huh oh you, hello you cut out for a second there you, you your voice you did robot voice i have become a robot australia <laughs> is in the future <laughs> so what you're saying is chinese people genuinely do just take too many photographs i mean they were doing this before like instagram yeah yeah i just remember seeing you know chinese aunties wandering around vietnam just sort of collecting the experience, not really living it, just like making sure to hit the landmarks, you collect photos, you buy the one thing, you move on. Yeah. It's like a march, it's like, a, it's like the march of an army, it's like a red army, just accruing <laughs> reconnaissance. <laughs> that's, oh, fuck, that's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, reconnaissance. But, uh, but then, okay, here's the question that many people have wondered. Are these photos then shown to people in big parties or something? Well, that's that was always the question. Now, what that, that was like? That, I remember watching like growing up on American TV. The the go to boring thing your neighbor would force you to do was invite you over and they play you a slideshow. Yes, a slideshow of their holiday, and, was, and it was always somewhere vaguely Hawaiian-y. Yeah, yeah. So. American TV, you just have to sit in a room and watch a slideshow. Now, yeah. you just put it online and everyone pretends they looked at it. You pretend to yourself everyone looked at it. Everyone's <laughs> so doing it for nobody. It's so depressing where you just go, uh, you've essentially just, yeah, everyone sold themselves this lie that they've got, everyone loved my holidays. Yeah, last year, I, uh, there's a great gallery here in Melbourne called the NGV, the National Gallery of Victoria. And uh, galleries are now uh, uh, making a conscious effort to make their exhibitions Instagram-friendly because they want people to take photos and share it. Oh, yeah? And so there are all these popping colors, and it's all like it's loads of stuff you can take photos with. And... There's, there's this pair of Chinese gals who were just walking around. One was the model one and one was the photographer. And they just move from corner to corner of the gallery. Not taking the art in, but just making a pose, taking a snap, reviewing it, and then moving on. Ugh. It was just the most <clears throat> apocalyptic fucking But that's like something from Nathan thing I've ever seen. Mm, I never watched all of that. It's it's worth a watch because it's it came out like ten years before we even knew what hipsters were and it's depressingly, uh, oh god, prescient. So, just, yeah, prescient. Okay, so so someone is just taking, but maybe that's like um, 
Maybe that's like the ultimate prank, right? Is that these these shallow idiots who just want pictures in front of brightly colored cubes are paying you? Like, presumably, there's an entrance fee. Well, exactly. So, and maybe like maybe the best thing is that galleries are making a little more money than they would be otherwise. Because so that the end specify the mean. Well, that's it. Well, in the UK, most galleries are free apart from private galleries. And what if we said, okay, you can go to the Victoria and Albert, and if you're actually cultured and interested in proper stuff, you can go around all that stuff for free. But over here is the idiot wing, where it's full of uh, giant inflatable memes and bright colors <laughs> and jingling. Well, it sounds like, this sounds like a potential most authoritarian thought, maybe. So uh, yeah. maybe like we all have a culture score, like in a chip in our arm. Culture score? Yeah. Each of us has a running culture score and it allows you into different wings of the museums. Ah, and the, the, then the worry would be that how do you gain the culture score? You know, you just be like, yeah, I, I, well, exactly. I, I hired someone to walk through the gallery a hundred times and now I'm the king of culture. Well, I mean, you have to like, you have to appreciate the wings that you're allowed in and then you can unlock the next level like it's Zelda or something. And then, uh, you know? if, if if you to prove that you've appreciated it, you have to write a short essay, and then that gets marked. And then, essentially, we've we've invented a kind of open university. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. The only way you can prevent yourself from ending up shitting in the dark is to sit on the toilet while you shit and do a little dance. Do a dance, do the poo-poo dance to make sure that the light doesn't go off automatically. Or maybe pay a guy to go in with you and do a dance in front of you while you pee. It just depends how you want to avoid a nighttime toilet situation in the day. Oh, I've gone like uh, three minutes. We can continue this some other time, maybe. But I just wanted to bring your attention to this. I, when I was logging onto the computer here, yeah. you know how when, uh, you sometimes you just open up uh, a browser tab and you you Google something to see if the internet is working? Yes. Uh, I've just written in uh, poo, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I, I was writing poo. And uh, the most... Under people also ask when you Google poo, first one is, uh, what is a better word for poop? The second question is, is my poop alive? <laughs> Third, what should your poop look like? Right. Fourth, are you supposed to poop when pooping? And then the fifth question is, what are the signs that death is near? <laughs> Wait, what was that fourth one? <laughs> are you supposed to push when pooping? Are you supposed to push? I think uh, I yeah, think, as in like squeeze them out. I think that let them fall out. We both we both know someone who who would say that you aren't, and they're the only person just, we know who claims that you shouldn't yeah. do and that. He, he took five days to do a to do a poo. He does, take and so it long. is not run out. Yeah, it's not it's not useful for when you're you're waiting for him to get in the car. Yeah. Well, maybe <laughs> well maybe that's why he wants to know when I mean, he, when he, death he, is near. He's literally living a bum bum life because of the amount of time he spends on his bum. Yeah, he's 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 got the he's the very epitome of a bum bum life because his life has to be planned around his bum bum. 
<laughs> that's that's actually the etymology of where the phrase "bum bum life" comes from. Um, if you look back in the records, its first uh, appearance was in uh, the uh, Canterbury Tales about yeah, yeah. Uh, well, a man who's pooed really, really slowly. Um, because of course, in the old days, peasants, the the, very, the who we all had contempt for, all peasants were all constipated, and so they had to uh, plan their lives around their uh, horrible, constipated uh, shitting. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah, that's true. That's where bum bum lives comes from. <laughs> all right, Pierre, I'll I'll talk to you later, and just remember to have a good day. Oh, he's picked up the local lingo. Bye, Phil. Enjoy the kangaroos and uh, dust. Bye-bye. Phil Wang there, being an international boy. Um, And if you want to keep up to date with Phil's adventures, go on Twitter and check him out. Uh, I think he's put some clips up from Melbourne Gala, something like that. And of course, and of course, something that I forgot to raise with him because I haven't seen him since he went viral with his Tom Hiddleston... Uh, advert video if you haven't seen it it's on like 4 million views the Pope liked it everyone thinks it's a wonderful time and it's very very funny and it's Phil uh, taking apart a recent highly creepy Chinese vitamins advert by which of course I mean uh, non-racial or non-national vitamins being advertised by and for a Chinese audience within the domestic Chinese market thank you Um, so do a uh, do check it out. It's very, very funny and uh, forms part of Phil's long-running campaign to prove that Tom Hiddleston is a big creepy weirdo uh, in which I support him entirely because I watched The Night Manager last night and, uh, yeah, he's just... I don't, don't, he's, he's supposed to be the goody and I don't trust him because I think he's got spooky eyes. Okay, uh, a little bit more correspondence. Uh, Phil and I talked about Harry. Dash got in touch. Dash, of course, being uh, the biggest fan of comedy just in general. Uh, hello, Dash. Uh, we love you very much. Uh, hey, guys, he says. Unfortunately, this won't be humorous, let alone funny, which is a, an interesting... Dash has discovered a kind of gap there between humorous and funny. Um, <clears throat> my most authoritarian and libertarian views are the same uh, uh, this week as every week. Most authoritarian uh, delivery riders on mopeds and scooters shouldn't be allowed to do their job without a full license. I didn't know they could do that. Oh, apparently. At the moment, they don't even need to pass a theory test. It's a one-day course, and they can ride around cutting people up like Egypts. Oh, my God. I had no idea. There's not many jobs where people would be allowed to operate machinery without appropriate training or licensing. Dash, I mean, you're right. That's not funny at all, because it's (laughs) genuinely chilling, especially in London. The city is terrorized by mopeds of both benign and malign persuasions. Uh, Benign, Thai food, malign mobile phone theft Uh, most libertarian there should be two major athletics groupings and tournaments clean athletic and drugged up athletics with drugged up athletics competitors should be able to use whatever drugs they wish Uh, the exception being that they shouldn't be allowed to state or crowd they shouldn't be allowed state or crowdsourced medical funding i.e. they shouldn't be treated by state hospitals or be able to get money from fans all of their funding should come from their own earnings or sponsorship by evil corporate ventures that is more libertarian uh, maybe someone could run 100 meters in five seconds and then disintegrate. Good luck with this one. Cheers, Dash. Thank you, Dash. I like your idea of disintegration through speed. That's pretty good. 
I, <laughs> I'm definitely in favor of that. Mm. Ah, uh, uh, uh. Yes, now, uh, at Edredon Brownie on Twitter got in touch. Hello, sir. Um, and he caught himself. He, it's quite a long email, but basically, inspired by our bud pod, he caught himself indulging in a thought that was both libertarian and entirely self-serving. Now, broadly speaking, uh, he's talking about uh, his idea it should be legal to commit mild maiming or assault to end socially anxious situations in extremists, um, which is interesting. I mean, I, I can be a socially anxious person, and I understand the need to... Every now and then, we've all had a conversation with someone where we thought, the only way I can leave this conversation is if I shoot me or them or them and then me in the head uh, and uh, go down uh, in history as a sort of uh, a completely random uh, maniac. So he says, allow me to furnish you with an example. This morning I found myself in a conversation with someone who routinely finds me confusing. Now that's interesting because that could be um, because uh, that could be because this guy is actually quite funny and interesting or it, and the other guy's like an idiot or it could be that this guy's genuinely a baffling person to try and speak to. And the other guy's just a normal-brained person. Uh, he also has no discernible sense of humor. E. So I can't explain why, when he mentioned the phone company called Hollerbach, uh, spelled as in like Hollerbach, I asked him how quickly and how loudly they returned his call. It wasn't a good joke. Well, <laughs> it was okay. Nor, but, but nor was it my fault that he spent considerable time asking me to explain it whilst seeming genuinely upset that I'd questioned his ability to manage a business relationship. <laughs> My skin was crawling and I was beginning to sweat. And basically, he, he, basically he says that uh, if he'd sort of shot a passing child, you know, maybe that, um, that would kind of create the situation where there's no need for the rest of the conversation to happen. And yeah, I mean, that's pretty good. Or, or just in order to avoid the, the, the legal ramifications of third party injuries, i.e. the passersby, you should just be equipped with a sort of flare gun or, or like a ninja smoke grenade. Every, every 90s cartoon character had smoke grenades. All of them. They'd throw them on the floor and they'd poof up really quickly and then they'd be gone. And there'd be no real reasonable explanation for as to how that works or where they've gone. But and they, well, where the smoke grenade came from, because they never animated in pockets. It's too expensive. They just seem to pull it out of their balls. Anyway, if you have a smoke grenade in your balls, hey, let us know. <laughs> we have an email here now from Amy. Hello, Amy. Hello, uh, P squared, which is excellent. We're we should start using that. I'm going to tell Phil we're P squared from now on. What would we P squared is me and Phil in a sort of urine themed. German techno band, I think. Very sort of craft work. Anyway, uh, hello, P-Squared. Your podcast is my antidote to what is the worst day of the week, Tuesday, and therefore the worst commute of the week, Tuesday morning. Um, where are you in the world that that's true? Because it comes out on Wednesday. Anyway, everyone repairs themselves on Monday, uh, spending Sunday prepping their cold rice-based meals for the week unless mentally preparing for existential dread of an office-based job. No one suspects little old Tuesday. Tuesday is the reminder that, guess what, things don't get better. Unless you listen to BudPod, and for a short one hour and seven minutes, the world has some integrity. Thank you. Some integrity, damn it, in this 
corrupt oh uh, the sewers are run red with blood and i you know I, I i don't have the um i don't have the the level of mental uh, uh disturbance required to do a full kind of um rorschach style monologue about how the world has no integrity except me and phil's podcast but you know you get the idea imagine me going on about how i'm gonna let everyone drown whatever the fuck it is he says anyway NB. I've just realized hating Tuesday could be a potential most uncool cool thing. It's cool to hate Tuesdays, right? Uncool due to the associated non-conforming self-righteousness. Yes, possibly. Possibly? Which day of the week is coolest? We've already done which numbers are the most like weapons. Christ, that sounds like we've been podcasting for much longer than we have. Anyway. Um... Anyway, my dilemma began last weekend when an old colleague of an office job many moons ago messaged asking to meet for coffee. Now, at the time of working said office job, we got on very well and we would often hang outside of uh, the office. Okay, office friend. I obviously thought, yes, I would like coffee and your company would be appreciated due to our past out-of-work friendship. Crucially, extracurricular. Uh, However, when I arrived at the independent hipster Klingon coffee shop, uh, Klingon uh, in the sticky sense rather than the Star Trek sense. Uh, that's how it's spelled, anyway. <laughs> and later, you know, the Klingon coffee shops, they're so violent, but they love coffee. That's the thing about Klingons, is that they're a violent, martial warrior race, but they love roasting beans. When I got to the coffee shop and laid eyes on my past, close, out-of-work office, out-of-office work friend, bloody hell, Laid eyes on my past, close, out-of-office work friend, I now realized I have nothing in common with this person, and I will have to spend the next two hours desperately thinking of two-way conversation topics and the life events of old colleagues I barely remember. Who is Wendy? Why does she no longer speak to David? Was Chris the cute one? Oh, wow. Work really was the only connection we had, and now I'm sitting here wishing I could be anywhere else with people whose whole identity... Uh, is defined or mm, this is uh, oh wow work really was the only connection we had and now I'm sitting here wishing I could be anywhere else uh, uh, other than with people whose whole identity is defined by whether the printer works or not (laughs) have you ever arrived at a place friend of a friend's party or met an old friend and suddenly filled with that dread of oh no I've made a mistake here many thanks Amy uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Well, you've sort of gone... Uh, I, sometimes that happens with primary school or elementary school uh, where you sort of go, yeah, we were good friends in primary school and then you sort of... you realize that you were you were nine and that, that doesn't mean anything really when you're nine. Unless you're a character in a Stephen King novel and you both went and found a dead body in the woods and got haunted by... haunted by a cloud, perhaps? Uh, then okay fair enough but I did not have any of that so people who I was friends with at nine and then never again that's not really you know there's no (laughs) you wouldn't hang out uh, spontaneously yes that's true let us know uh, everyone uh, about your uh, worst mistakes in this regard Uh, P.S. from Amy I realize rather than emailing podcast hosts to tell my life woes I need a foundational group of gal pals who can help me through this dilemma 
whilst group peeing in Prism or the local gay bar because white women love intruding minority spaces. I guess so. Uh, please, can I become an honorary member of the Espresso Martinis? Well, you know, you have to ask Phil that. I have to see. Phil is very protective of the Espresso Martinis, you know. He's, he's the only one who's ever met them. I've only ever heard them uh, through their beautiful music. Um, but uh, maybe... I guess it could be an atomic kitten sort of. Um, um, oh God! What is, there's so many of those manufactured girl bands. You know the kind of thing I mean. Ed Gamble of this parish, a cast. Ed Gamble of the Off Menu Pod used to have a fantastic routine about uh, atomic kitten girls allowed, maybe, or and the philosophical concept of Theseus's ship, which uh, is not as on brand as it was, but it always makes me laugh when I remember it. P squared, VRP squared. Welcome, welcome in der Tank, welcome in der Techno Bunker. Ja, welcome in der Tank, Unsere sind P squared. We make a party. We give you guys the hyper, hyper jump. You know, pumping alles, all the night, alles the night. We very nice. Come to Hamburg, yeah. Go to Docks. And uh, there's a cool nightclub. It used to be a warehouse in the 80s for like, um, I think it was chickens. And now you can have the little cages and you can leave your your keys and your phone in there. So it's safe, you know. It smells a bit like chickens, but that's okay. And you can dance and uh, sing. And it's very nice. And there's lasers. And the lasers go through the cages. So that's pretty cool. Um, and sometimes, like, uh, there's DJs, like uh, DJ Egg, and because he started in this club, and so he was always dressed like a big egg, and it's made from, like, polystyrene. And it's like a funny joke, you know, <laughs> but uh, his tunes, oh my god, it's so good. And uh, you've also got our Peace Squared, we always headline every night, and we do the same three songs. Uh, we do Hyper Pumpin', uh, we do. Uh, uh, we, we do Nachtenspielen and we do uh, a cover of Welcome to Detroit uh, because, uh, you know, once once a banger, always a banger. And Welcome welcome in Detroit, auf, auf Detroit, is nice, you know, we like it. Everyone in Germany, if we don't realize that Detroit is a horrible, shitty place, that nothing is there. And so everyone imagines, like, oh, it's like New York, but better, cooler, because welcome, you know, they're nice, they're friendly. And so we play this, and at the end of the night, everybody gets to go home with a little um, egg, because they still, uh, the back half of the warehouse is still chickens, and it's a nice little snack. You have, you cook it, uh, and you say, eat your, eat your disco egg, which is the name of our next album is coming out. It's going to be called Eat Your Disco Egg. And the front uh, cover of the album is going to be P-squared, myself and Philip. And we're going to be cooking a little egg. But the egg is like, um, the yolk is like a disco ball. The egg is white, or yolk is a disco ball. And the pan we're cooking it in, the pan is a DJ deck. <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah, geil, so geil. Yeah, ich weiß. Stimmt, so. Another message from uh, a fan. Uh, Here is a fun memory inspired by the cold brew coffee story from episode six from uh, Virginia Steppenwolf. Here's the fun story. My home phone rang. 
I'm twelve. My mum answered it and shouts for me, There is a girl on the phone for you. <gasps> I run to the phone, giddy with young love. I had been seeing someone for nearly three weeks since the school disco. Hello. Hi, it's Hannah, Emily's friend. Hello, Hannah. Emily doesn't want to go out with you anymore. She said you are really boring. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye, Hannah. My mum laughed. I cried. <laughs> I think about this most days. I'm not boring. I was just shy and 12 and British. Great pod, buds. Domingo, 30 years old, Little Oakley. Which I think, I think is a Partridge reference. <laughs> That's very funny. Fuck me, the school disco. I would rather do all of my GCSEs again than go back to the emotional place that you get put in at a school disco. Jesus Christ. Oh, it was like... Oh, it makes me... Just thinking about it just makes me want to shave my skin off and sell it. Oh, my word. Let's go through that script again. I like that. I'm going to I'm gonna try and do different voices so it's as clear for you, the listener, as possible. Hello? Hi, it's Hannah, Emily's friend. Hello, Hannah. Emily doesn't want to go out with you anymore. She said you are really boring. Okay, thank you. Bye. Oh, no, fuck, I forgot. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye, Hannah. <laughs> that is very, very funny. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I think, uh, okay, thank you has to be the new catchphrase. Um, you, keep, you guys need to send us your Louis levels, by the way. Anything that raises your Louis, we want to hear about it. But uh, okay, thank you is good to me. <laughs> It's got to be the funniest response to anything like, uh, hey, man, I just uh, saw I just saw someone break into your car and uh, take a bunch of stuff. And uh, I didn't I didn't stop them. OK, thank you. <laughs> That's the funniest response to anything, I'd say. It's so polite and it's so calm. OK, you're very accepting. OK, thank you. <laughs> um. Uh, okay, we have a wonderful uh, last email here from Charlotte. Hello, Charlotte. Hi. I love your podcast, thank you, and I'm currently listening to episode six. I just want to point out that while you were talking about books that could make you dumber, Mein Kampf is pretty bad, mainly because one, it makes you stupid, and two, it makes you racist. Anyway, just wanted to point that out. Love your show and that. You're welcome, Charlotte. <laughs> I suppose that's true about Mein Kampf, isn't it? I suppose that's true. I've never read it. I've seen quotes from it in like history textbooks or whatever, but I've never read it, which shouldn't come as a surprise. That'd be quite a funny thing to say at a dinner party. I really must read Mein Kampf. God, I really must. I keep, it's on the bedside table and I keep picking it up and I just, you know, I fall asleep <laughs> right around the part where he's talking about Freemasons. I fall asleep. My word. I wonder if... I wonder if there's ever been a historian who was busy reading Mein Kampf initially just to study it, and slowly, it like it 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 got them because it it clearly got people. You know, that's it was a successful book, in the brainwashing sense. That would be quite a good sort of inside number nine character, someone who sort of started reading Mein Kampf to sort of prove how ridiculous it was, and slowly it just 
it really spoke to them. It was like their ideal book. How do you buy it? I get I order it online, I suppose. I mean, you can order anything online, but I remember hearing once that most bookshops do have a copy of Mein Kampf, but you have to like ask for it. Or is that in Germany? Is it legal? In Ge- I think it only became legal to to read and buy in German a few years ago, and then loads of typical British type pa- tabloids were like Mein Kampf is bestseller in Germany. Ugh, typical Nazi Germans. This they're at it again, and you go, well, no, they're just. They've been banned from reading it for, you know, 70 years. And they're understandably quite curious as to how uh, everything uh, kicked off, I guess. But then again, yeah, in a kind of pulp horror, that would be that it would just work again (laughs) from beyond the grave. My God. Can you write a book that convincing? I don't know if I could. But then again, you see the kind of books that sell out in a, a... I was about to say supermarkets. Maybe I do mean supermarkets. Wellness. Her- herbs. Herbs in your bum. Lots more fun. That kind of thing. Uh, you know, they're just insane remedies. Like uh, you rub copper all over your face and you won't have cancer anymore and things. Like those people make money. That's why they do it. They make a lot of money. I Maybe it's... Hmm. I mean, maybe those should be illegal. Maybe that's my most authoritarian thought of the week. Ban any kind of uh, book that claims to deal with health or healing that isn't written by a doctor. Maybe that's what I think. I'm sure there's exceptions to the rule. I'm sure someone has read a book on, uh, I don't know, crystal healing, and it's it's allowed them to process some horrible life trauma, and all power to you, but I don't like it, and I don't want to spend money on rocks. Okay. Uh, that was probably, yeah, that's, that's my most authoritarian thing, I'd say. Ban all that nonsense. Um, most libertarian, mm, uh, most libertarian, I'm not sure. Uh, but in libertarian news, and Phil will be very pleased to hear this, uh, I think. Well, or maybe not pleased. I'm just seeing now, this, a student has been jailed for blackmailing porn users worldwide. This is a British student, uh, called Zane Kaiser. What a name. Kaiser? Kaiser. Zane Kaiser from Barking in London. Uh, he managed to make, personally, about £700,000. But his network might have made £4 million or more. He's 24, and he's the most prolific cyber criminal uh, to ever be sentenced in the UK. A cyber criminal? I think a cyber criminal is a lot more likely to get real life beaten up for being a nerd in, <laughs> in jail. Um Kaiser was arrested five years ago, but it's been delayed by health concerns and how complicated it fucking was. He started making money from this when he was 17. So if you download a naughty video of a lady's bum, or or anyone's bum, a bum bum video, you download a bum bum video, right? Um, He'll hijack your computer through the bum bum video and freeze it with a little piece of software until you pay him to unlock it so you can presumably just keep watching bum bum videos. And uh, millions of these attacks occur every day. What? This guy's not... At 17, he contacted the Russian controller of one of the most potent attack tools and agreed a split of the profits if it worked. And in turn, he forged contacts with online criminals from China and America. And he's in a casino trying to launder the money. Oh, my God. (laughs) Phil, this guy's your hero. This guy's the ultimate example of real blackmail. (laughs) 
Oh my word. And so people would pay a hundred quid. A hundred quid because they'd be like, oh, I don't want anyone to know I've been looking at porn. Or maybe they'd believe it was from the FBI or whatever he was pretending to be from. Jesus. He made £11,000 in July 2014 alone. I'm in the wrong business. I need to be a bum-bum video kidnapper. This is absolutely nuts. I, as much as this is obviously extremely important, um, but would you not feel... I guess you wouldn't feel silly, but there'd be a part of you that feels a bit silly. Um, as like a cool anti-terror cybercrime police guy. And you'd spend years trying to track down this mastermind criminal. This crazy, whoa, cool, you know, fight him on a rooftop in the thunderstorm. And then it turns out to just be this fucking <laughs> bum bum video guy. This dweeb. Um, how do they catch him? He spent five grand on a Rolex and two grand on a Chelsea hotel stay. He regularly spent money on prostitutes, drugs, and gambling, including almost 70 grand in a casino in an upmarket shopping center. What? Can you have an upmarket shopping center? How upmarket can a shopping center be when it still has a Tesco in? Maybe there is no Tesco. Maybe they just sell groceries made of jewels. <laughs> 70 grand. My God. But he's spending money on prostitutes and drugs and gambling. So under Phil Wang's system, he'd be blackmailable. And then they'd take the money from him, maybe. But maybe, you know, who blackmails the blackmailers? That's the thing. Maybe, maybe he'd be immune to blackmail. Like a kind of a vaccination. He'd be like, hey, I, I'm the kind of person who does blackmail. So, God, this is going in loops. Good Lord. This guy's crazy. Jesus. There are some ways to make money that really, if you have to do a, just a, a normal job or even a sillier job like mine in comedy, you may, make you feel like a real rube. Make like a feel rube. Um, where you sort of go, oh, if I was just a criminal for a little bit, I'd have half a million pounds. But then, of course, you know, you become a bum bum man and you have to go to bum bum jail. And that's the price, you know. Bum bum crime doesn't pay. If you want to be a criminal, you need to be really like a white collar criminal who's called, you know, Stanley uh, or James. And uh, you've just got to sort of steal most of a pension fund that you kind of already set up that it's legal for you to steal it, even though it's not morally correct. And then you'll be uh, fine. Uh, something like that. Something like real fancy white collar stuff. Then you can steal as much money as you like. Uh, send us your ideas for fancy white collar crime and we may genuinely try and implement them. <laughs> because why not? I mean, why wouldn't we? Uh, we'd also like to thank uh, Josephine for getting in touch on Twitter. Uh, she created a Sugar Eagle card for her friend's birthday. They're both big fans of the podcast. Sugar Eagle, uh, if you remember, is a very, very good company. Do enjoy their services. Um... Uh, which is uh, for Sophie. It was happy birthday, Sophie. So, yeah, happy birthday, Sophie. And also, the good work on creating a Sugar Eagle birthday card. It's a beautiful. If you want to see it, go on uh, Twitter to at the Bud Pod. Um, or I put it on my Instagram as well for attention. Uh, and it's very nice. It's one of the most resplendent um, eagles I've ever seen. And I don't use the word resplendent. <laughs> 
And I don't use the word resplendent likely, like, oh my god. And I don't use the word respre... <laughs> and I don't use the word resplendent lightly. Uh, Mick, hello Mick. Mick used to get in touch through uh, my favorite podcast, my old podcast, before we started this one. Uh, and uh, he's giving me shit over the Americano with milk business. Uh, he says, well, then what's the word for an espresso topped up with hot water and a little bit of cold wo- cold milk? What's the word, hmm? And I said, it's a betrayal. It's a betrayal, Nicholas. That's what it is. Uh, he says that his most authoritarian view, people who don't understand that language is fluid should be shot. What if I understand it, Mick? But I'd resist it because sometimes you've got to just keep words. Anyway, no, he's right. Sometimes I put milk in. I'm a hypocrite. I've tweeted that already. I've admitted that. Have you been a victim of a bum-bum fraudster? Have you had money stolen from you just because you wanted to watch some bum-bums do dancing in a naughty video like in the old days? Are you addicted to blue movies? And by blue I mean bum-bum. Well, you're not alone. There are loads of idiots like you. That's why this child made 700,000 pounds. You should be embarrassed. Call this number if you'd like to be humiliated more. And not in a sexy way. It'll only make it worse, you terrible bum-bum video addict. Um, okay, uh, apologies for it being a little short, um, and uh, hopefully in the edit I'll be able to make Phil sound uh, less uh, like a crazy robot, but then, you know, Phil is 49 years old and he's a robot in the Australian future. Uh, you know, that's it. That's just how things go sometimes in your comedy career. Um, but thank you very much for listening and downloading. Do share, tell your friends, uh, subscribe and rate us on iTunes if you can. That'd be great. Give us five stars in the Uber sense, please. Uh, for delivery you know did you get to your destination yes was it fine yeah did they talk to you yeah yeah, it's fine five stars Uh, because less than that and you're endangering livelihoods right same as uber same as uber gig economy doesn't necessarily pay Uh, so subscribe rate us on itunes get in touch thebudpod at gmail.com or at thebudpod on twitter and uh, let us know your louis levels let us know your okay thank yous let us know your most authoritarian, least uh, authoritarian. Let us know your coolest uncool, cool uncool, cool, 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 hey, cool. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies.